0: Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet, and MKF is giving you free money and free Dynasty Football content with your initial deposit. Are you ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum $10 deposit to MKF, and you'll receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by one year. Monkey Knife Fight will also match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll, up to a maximum of $50. Featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and more, you'll find plenty of entertaining contest options, even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At MKF, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. So check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience, claim your deposit match, and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership, all at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast, If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry, this show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it to the next level. If you want to position your Dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. .com and a DLF family app podcast it's me it's me. It's that old SFD, solo Flex dude John Hogan this is the super Flex super show That's right you get just me today. I'm feeling it today so uh, I, I I just I couldn't wait. I had to get on the microphone here. Talk some super flex with you, my super friends. And, uh, I've got a lot to say. So I had to, to get the co hosts out of the way. I, I, I didn't want to share the airtime with them. That's not true. That, that, that's never actually true. Um, always enjoy podcasting with my guys. Um, it just kind of worked out this way this week that you get just me. But, uh, I do have a lot to talk about. And, uh, uh, you know, I, what I really want to get to today is the QB extreme strategy. We've been talking about this for, you know, several years now without truly defining it, truly, you know, naming it. <laughs> we we finally have a label for it. And, uh, you know, I've been working on the, the series of articles, the Superflex Life. I mentioned that, I mean, every time there's a microphone in front of my face um, and you're probably getting sick of it. Uh, but you know we're we're, we're kind of to the point of the series where you know we kind of laid the groundwork for first of all is why you should play superflex. From there, it was you know why it, it, how you shift your mentality from one quarterback to superflex. Um, you know some very important things to think about when you uh, when you first join a superflex league. Um, and you know, again, just how to alter your thinking from one quarterback to superflex, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, just just the way, uh, the way how how in the the Tao of Superflex, which was the the third volume in the series, it was really kind of about getting out of your own way, you know. I it it's really important in all formats of fantasy football I think to you know to be just brutally honest about your own roster, about your own strategy, you know, about player values to to really think about this stuff and you know not just not just live in the moment necessarily, you know. And and the Tao of Superflex really kind of talks about, you know, it talks about value, it talks about production. I'm actually gonna at some point I'm gonna just read that that article, on an episode of the Superflex Super Show. Um, just you know, just kind of giving you the cliff notes here on this solo episode. That's it's just not gonna do it justice. Uh, there's just too much to it. But essentially, what it's talking about is. You know, just the, if, if you view Superflex Dynasty as kind of a river, you know, it's got this natural current and you can either let that current carry you wherever it's going to go and, you know, you're, you're going to just kind of calmly and peacefully get to your destination, which is, you know, ideally multiple Dynasty championships or you know you're going to try and battle against the current you're going to try and swim upstream and you're not going to get anywhere you know and and you know the the reality with Superflex is that the current is quarterbacks if you battle against you know the the reality that quarterbacks are just by far the most important the most valuable the most productive Overall, most important, it, it you know the the most important position in Superflex. If you if you deny that, if you try and battle against that, it, you know you're just not gonna you're you're not gonna get anywhere. You're swimming upstream. You know the 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 mantra that's uh, that's kind of come out of this series is, you know, that if you, you're you're never. Going to stabilize. You cannot stabilize your Superflex Dynasty roster without taking quarterbacks seriously. You can't. You you cannot stabilize your roster without quarterbacks. There's no way to do it because you know. Here's here's the reality: is that running backs. You know we know how powerful they can be, but they're a short-term proposition. And we know how quickly they can fall off. Man, just two years ago, Todd Gurley was just the greatest thing on earth. And we were paying, you know, we were giving up half our roster, half of our starting lineup, just to get Todd Gurley. And now, you know, here we are two years later, and he's really kind of an afterthought. You know, and and we've seen this before. We you know it was David Johnson and it was Lev Bell, and you know Ezekiel Elliott still has pretty significant value right at the moment. But I mean, we we know that the end is coming. We know that the end is coming soon for Ezekiel Elliott. We're kind of getting to that point with you know that that great 2017 draft class, that rookie class. You know this started with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, and then we ended up with Christian McCaffrey being the best of the entire group. You know, obviously Alvin Kamara, and Joe Mixon, and Kareem Hunt, um, I, I, and I'm <laughs> I'm missing somebody. Um, that, yeah, man, that's gonna drive me nuts. Hopefully, it comes to me. But you know the the that great class, Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. Uh, By the way, we're part of that class, just not, you know, not at the top like the rest of those guys were. But, you know, we're getting to that point with those guys now, going into their fourth year, some of them have a long-term contract, some don't, some are, you know, ready to hit free agency next year and, you know, face the harsh reality of what their value actually is because you know they're going to they're going to go into the free agent market and they're going to be teams trying to decide between you know do we do we give a mega contract to Alvin Kamara or Joe Mixon or do we use a draft pick on you know Chuba Hubbard or Travis Etienne and get them basically free <laughs> for the next few years or you know do we give a do we give a a reasonable contract to Somebody who, you know, hasn't had nearly as much success, um, haven't had nearly as much opportunity, and, you know, just have a a lower price point at this, you know, at the moment. Kareem Hunt, I think, is going to be an amazing value for, for NFL teams. Is he a good person? No, that's <laughs> obviously we, you know, we, we have to cast that part aside. There's been a lot of talk about that again, you know, with this, with the stuff with Darius guys, um, you know, getting arrested for domestic violence, uh, sounds like three counts including, you know, he, uh, apparently it sounds like he strangled her and, you know, uh, immediately getting cut by the Washington football team and, uh, you know very likely being out of the league for at least you know <laughs> a significant amount of time if not you know for good and he probably should you know but the thing is and you know this is where we get back to Kareem Hunt um it, if if Darius Geist does end up back in the NFL I'm my personal my guess is that he's probably not this is a lot to come back from there isn't video evidence, but man, those charges are awfully damning and that they they released him fast. So, you know, I, I think that right now, if you have Darius Geis, he's probably at the end of your bench. I don't think that you need to cut him just yet, but I think you're going to end up cutting him. And it, I think that the first time you find somebody on waivers who's worth the pickup, I think Darius Geis is probably your cut. But... You know, I, I digress. Um, back to Kareem Hunt, you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, there's actual video evidence of him, you know, pushing that woman with his foot, uh, obviously a, a very a, a despicable act. But, you know, for us, for fantasy players, at least in my opinion, we're not the moral authority, you know. It, you, can, you can take that position. Absolutely, you can. I've had this discussion a lot with a few of uh, with a few of you. You know that you know if it, you you can absolutely play the game in a way that uh, you know that fits your moral compass. So you know if you think that Kareem Hunt is a horrible person and you refuse to you know have him a part of your your roster on this game about a game. There, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not gonna do it personally. I still roster Tyreek Kill. I still roster Joe Mixon. I'm, I'm, I'm very inf- invested in Joe Mixon. I think he's gonna be the RB one this year. And, uh, and Kareem Hunt, I've got him on several rosters, and you know, I, I have no real reason not to. Uh, you know, other than the fact that I just. I just missed out early, and uh, you know his his price has never quite been uh, something that I've been willing to pay, considering what you get back. But I, I do think that that's probably going to change. I'm not afraid to roster a bad guy like that. You know I'll 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 take on that type of thing because if I don't, somebody in my league will. Somebody in my league is going to roster Joe Mixon, and they're going to get the RB one for fantasy football purposes in 2020. I might as, it might as well be me. Do I have to like the guy? No. <laughs> do I have to root for the guy? No. I'm just I'm just trying to you know take advantage of uh, you know what he can do on a football field. If the NFL rules that he can play, if they're okay with him being on the field despite the fact that he's a terrible person, then who am I to say that I'm not going to, you know, take advantage of those points? Uh, You know, unless my commissioner says, yeah, for our purposes, Joe Mixon is out of the league. Kareem Hunt's out of the league. Tyreek Hill's out of the league. We're not going to count their points because they're horrible people. I've never heard of a commissioner doing that, by the way. But if they did, then okay, sure. (laughs) Then now I'll stay away. But as long as you're calculating their points, I'm going to roster them. So anyways, back to Kareem Hunt. I think that there's a good chance that he, you know, coming out of this restricted free agent contract uh, with Cleveland, you know, and, and backing up essentially Nick Chubb, I mean, we know that Kareem Hunt has the ability to be the bell cow back. He did it for the first year and a half in Kansas City, so we know that that's his something that he's capable of, and that he can do it at a very high level and an elite level. So if he lands in an opportunity, and you know, we know all these teams are going to likely move on from their lead back. You know, Minnesota very well could. Move on from Dalvin Cook. Cincinnati probably moves on from Joe Mixon. New Orleans could move on from Alvin Kamara. Green Bay could move on from Aaron Jones. You know, Seattle could move on cr- from Chris Carson. These are all guys who who very well could move on. You know, and and there are a handful of others who you know they've got they've got contracts that are that could potentially be cut short you know Melvin Gordon on a two-year deal but it was very front loaded he's getting about 80 80 percent of that contract here in uh, 2020 so 2021 Melvin Gordon's a cut candidate Uh, Todd Gurley I believe is only on a one-year deal if it is longer than that I mean he's a cut candidate next year as well so there are going to be a lot of uh, of open jobs for a lead running back. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's another another great example. Leonard Fournette's as good as gone. The Jets could even move on from Le'Veon Bell at that point. So all these all of these jobs are going to be open. And really, you know, this is this is kind of you know getting into NFL executives and what they should do versus what they actually do and a lot of times they don't they they don't act nearly as rationally as dynasty players do but someone is going to somebody's going to actually do this somebody is going to approach the running back position in a pragmatic way they're going to find what's cheap they're going to find they're going to they're going to get cheap production and they're going to prioritize guys like Kareem Hunt because he's significantly cheaper than Joe Mixon. He's significantly cheaper than Alvin Kamara. So that's the guy that you bring in as your new lead back. So I I just I think that Kareem Hunt might end up being the prize in free agency. All these you know all these guys are going to land starting jobs somewhere. They're just going to get kind of shuffled around. But I think Kareem Hunt is going to be the guy that people prioritize the most and probably lands in the best situation because of it. But anyways, way, way, way back to what we were originally talking about. The point is all these running backs are, you know, they're headed to free agency where they likely get these kind of short-term contracts and land in running back by committee systems and, you know, next thing you know, they're, they've they just lost all their value. We know that that happens with running backs every single year. We know that these guys, they lose their value, they lose their jobs, uh, they lose their contracts. <laughs> and, and we know that that's coming for the guys that it hasn't already happened to. We know it's coming very soon. You know, so running backs are not a stable long-term proposition in dynasty they are great for one year that's why you go get Joe Mixon in 2020 because he's still you know relatively cheap for a guy who again to me is the RB1 overall for the season you get that guy you know relatively cheap ride him to a championship and then you do it again next year you go find the guy in 2021 who's going to be Joe Mixon in 2020. You know, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, you know, J.K. Dobbins, like those those type of guys. You go get those guys in 2021, and you have to do that every single year. That's the way you approach the running back position. And since you have to do that every single year, you know, you only want to address that one position. That's the only position that you want to have to address because as hard as it is to find running backs who can help you win, you know, for, in a in a one-year window, it's that much harder to do it when you're also trying to find quarterbacks and you're also trying to find wide receivers. So really the the way to do this is to build your foundation around the guys who are going to be the long-term stability for you. Build your foundation on stone. You know, give yourself that stability with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers because you don't have to address them every single year. So that, you know, that wipes out the running backs from the equation. From a stability standpoint, running backs they're just they're not it right they're 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 great they're you know they're kind of the cherry on top they're the ones who help you win the championship but they're not stable (laughs) they're far from it so then you move on to the wide receivers they're stable you know once they hit their peak they maintain it for several years you usually get those guys for you know it at at their peak once they break out you usually get them for around 5 to 7 years that's pretty stable the problem is at their very best in terms of production you know they maintain their value but in terms of production we just saw Michael Thomas have one of the best years possible for a wide receiver you know he was incredibly efficient he was he had something like an 80% 80 catch rate, something like that. I mean, he was, he, and it was with two different quarterbacks. It wasn't just, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees. It was also five games, four and a half games with Teddy Bridgewater. But he was incredibly efficient. He caught everything. He got a high volume of targets. You know, he got, he got receptions, he got yards, he got touchdowns. And still, I mean, he was still several points a game worse than, you know, the any of the top five running backs. So an outlier season from a wide receiver, it, the absolute best case scenario from a wide receiver still is not anywhere close to what you're going to get on a weekly basis from an elite running back or... Really, any quarterback. <laughs> at least a QB1 type of guy. Michael Thomas came nowhere near Lamar Jackson. So, you know, the the guys, the quarterbacks at the top end are always going to outscore the wide receivers by a significant margin. So, that leaves us with the quarterbacks. They're the combination of of long-term stability and short-term production. They give you, you know, 15 to 20 points a week, every single week over the course of you know, 10 years, in some cases maybe even more. Pat Mahomes at what 24, 25 years old, if he play, he plays till he's 40 and gives us, you know, 20 points a game every single week, yeah, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, besides injury, like that's the only thing that's going to stop him is an injury, and are we don't try and predict that. If we did, I mean, we'd be scared off from running backs altogether. But you know, it's 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 going to happen at some point. Pat Mahomes is going to deal with some injuries, It's going to cut some seasons short on him. But you know, for the moment, just to, if we just Assume that we don't know when that's coming, and you know from there, just kind of say, "I, I, I can't predict an injury, so I'm just going to ignore the possibility." Essentially, then, you know, you're looking at, you know, fifteen to twenty more, twenty, fifteen to twenty more years of Pat Mahomes at twenty points a week. That is stability. He's going to be in the conversation for 1.01 in Superflex startups for the next 15 years. That's stability. So not only are you getting the production 20 points a week for the next 15 years. You know, you're you're getting that that type of production from him, sustained production. But you're also getting the value of a guy who's going to be in the conversation for 101 no matter who he's up against. This year it's Christian McCaffrey. Next year I, it could be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't I, I mean I don't think so. I don't buy into him, but obviously there's a possibility that Edwards-Hilaire does go out and have the type of season that people are expecting. So we'll just say uh, we'll just say that hypothetically. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire becomes is is the RB1. In 2020, I don't think he will be, but hypothetically, let's say that that happens. And now he's in the conversation with Pat Mahomes for 101 in 2021. And then in 2021, your RB1 overall, Miles Sanders, still young, still with a you know a, a, another year or two on his contract. And he has that outlier season at running back. Now he's in the conversation from 101. But Pat Mahomes is always there. The running back, the name changes at running back every single year. But Pat Mahomes is going to be right there with him. Lamar Jackson's probably going to be right there with him. I I don't think he has the longevity that Pat Mahomes has. But... I, he still has significantly more longevity than any running backs will so those guys are going to be in the conversation you know and so w- what that tells us is that at any point you know if if let's say you just keep getting the the quarterbacks right in your rookie draft you're able to just kind of take some shots at quarterbacks I mean you're going to be drafting late because if you if you take the quarterback extreme strategy if you use that strategy you're going to end up winning some championships you're going to be drafting late and now you're looking at those quarterbacks who do fall to the later rounds. You know, maybe you had a shot at Justin Herbert this year. Probably not. You know, maybe you you probably ended up with guys like Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason. But you know, say you got one of those guys and they hit. <laughs> Next year they hit. Now you've got yet another good young quarterback, you've and you're in a position to start trading them away. At any point, you can trade Pat Mahomes for, you know, the the running back du jour, <laughs> the the current one oh one, whoever it is. You know the 2022 version of Christian McCaffrey, the 2025 version of of Christian McCaffrey. You're still going to be it. You're still going to have the ability to trade Pat Mahomes for that guy, whoever that guy is by then. Probably not even in the league right now, but you're going to be able to acquire him straight up for Pat Mahomes. Honestly, you should be able to get even more than that, even more than just that guy for Pat Mahomes because you're going to have to address it again later. But the point being, Pat Mahomes is going to hold that value for you for as long as you need it. In the year 2030, you're still going to be able to trade Pat Mahomes for the new shiny, you know, 23-year-old, 22-year-old running back who's who you know, just went for 2000 yards and 20 touchdowns you're still going to be able to make that trade. It's it's so crazy that that's the case, but I mean he's going to last that long and he's going to be productive for that long. That's stability. That's what you need. That's what you want to start with. Because in 2025 when you, you know, when you're ready to trade Pat Mahomes for, you know, the the next big thing at running back, I mean Christian McCaffrey Probably won't even be in the league At that point If he is he's going to be a role player on his team He's going to be LaShawn McCoy with the Chiefs You know so He's going to be Adrian Peterson With the Cardinals He's certainly not Going to be in the conversation for 101 Anyways (laughs) So Again, the quarterback position and, and I know that I used the most extreme examples there I used, you know, Pat Mahomes versus Christian McCaffrey But I mean, it, it just lines up all the way down The other thing about it is If you put the two the lists of players up against each other You put the list of quarterbacks up against the list of, of running backs That list of quarterbacks runs out a lot sooner And that's important too you know, that's that scarcity that we always talk about. When you're in the startup, you have that abundance mindset. And then, you know, you kind of, it as, it as the draft goes on, that abundance shifts towards scarcity. Those running backs start to dwindle and you start to realize that I'm running out of opportunities here. You know, to to get a a useful quarterback for my superflex league. So we don't quite have ADP done uh, at DLF superflex ADP for the month of August. So I'm still looking at July's right now. But 45 quarterbacks got drafted. <laughs> 45 draft 45 quarterbacks have ADPs. So that includes names like Joe Flacco, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, Jarrett Stidham. Jared Stidham probably made sense at the time. That was before Cam Newton was, uh, was signed by New England, at least for some of these drafts. But Marcus Mariota has an ADP. You know, Jalen Hurts <laughs> has an ADP. These guys are 45 quarterbacks drafted in 20 rounds. Now not all these guys were drafted in every single mock draft. Joe Flacco win in one, Kyle Allen win in one, Taysom Hill win in one. But, you know, th- these are 20 rounds. If you're talking about a, you know, a 25-30 round super flex startup, every single one of these guys is going to be on roster. All of the all forty five of these quarterbacks, and probably some more, people are probably going to handcuff their quarterbacks in those deeper leagues. I'm in the the in trade attic six with Brian Har and and Dynasty Outhouse and uh, you know a a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of my friends, and I still have Alex Smith on that roster. I believe it's thirty man rosters. I still have Alex Smith. Now, I mean, he he's probably a cut candidate, but when it's that deep, when waivers are that shallow and rosters are that deep, it's worth it to roster guys like Alex Smith. It's worth it to roster Cal- Colin Kaepernick. We don't even know if these guys are going to make it into the league again. But just in case, you want them on roster so you don't have to do the mad scramble to waivers to try and get him. You know, people love to point to 2019 and Gardner Minshew. You know, the fact that not only did he come out of obscurity to become the starter for the Jaguars, but he became what looks to be a long-term starter for the Jaguars. Which by the way, I don't think that I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think he's probably in for one year and it's not his fault. It's not that he's a bad player. He's not. I, I I love watching him play. I love the way he plays. I just think that that's a really bad roster. <laughs> and if he can carry the if he can pull them kicking and screaming to you know at least a mediocre record if not, you know, playoff contention, then he can turn this into a long-term starting job. But the most likely scenario with this, the the roster construction that they have, that defense got absolutely decimated over the last year and a half. So, you know, they're going to have a hard time winning games. They're going to, they're certainly going to have to do it on, you know, the arm of Gardner Minshew and the legs of Leonard Fournette. It's not a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. There's no depth at running back. Leonard Fournette goes down and, and I mean you're talking about Reichwell Armstead and I mean if Chris Thompson makes this roster, which I don't think is a given, you know, uh Devin Azigbo, you know, those those like the those are the guys who step in if Leonard Fournette gets hurt. Which is why I think Leonard Fournette is in for a pretty big year as well. Uh, I just keep throwing in those little nuggets for you just just uh, just so you know you're gonna occasionally get a oh here's what I think is gonna happen based on based on that. there's just a little a little conclusion thrown in there from time to time but anyways I I you know fournette is one of the only offensive weapons they have. you know Chark, maybe LaViska Chenault. And and Gardner Minshew, that's that's kind of the entire team right there. <laughs> that's that's really kind of that's all they really have. You know, there's there's some possibilities at, at tight end with uh, I believe they signed Eifert. I know they've got Josh Oliver and James O'Shaughnessy coming back, but I mean, it's it's you know nothing particularly enticing, <laughs> but. You know, so it, 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 this team really is Leonard Fournette, Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark, and possibly uh, LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it's really hard to imagine the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, even even getting to five or six wins. And if they don't, you know, because this is one of the worst and one of the shallowest rosters in the NFL, which by the way is a huge, huge piece of this for twenty twenty when we're already dealing with COVID. They're playing in Florida where where you know COVID to you know, to be all honest and all jokes aside, you know, coronavirus is hitting that state exceptionally hard right now. And that's where they're playing their home games. So you know, it, it, depth is going to be critical for NFL teams this year, because even in a you know a a COVID test that comes back inconclusive is keeping is keeping uh keep, keeping pro athletes off the field right now. So you lose one of those guys for the week. You lose Leonard Fournette for the week. It doesn't even have to be an injury it could just be an inconclusive coronavirus test and that team just lost one of its one of its four table legs with you know very very little talent behind him to replace him it's it's it feels like a mess in jacksonville to me you know, I as much as I I think Leonard Fournette is a great play for Dynasty or for you know for fantasy purposes for 2020 not not Dynasty, uh, but for fantasy purposes here in 2020 I think Leonard Fournette is a great play. I think Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark could definitely hook up a fair amount, but yeah, you know, oh, for NFL purposes I think this is going to be a pretty bad team. I think they're headed for a very, very down year, which is going to put them in a position to dra- to draft, you know, possibly Trevor Lawrence. I think mean, Justin Fields is certainly going to be in play. Um, Trey Lance is kind of the worst case scenario for them, but I think they're going to be in that range, and it's going to be really hard to commit to Gardner Minshew when you're looking at the possibility of turning over the keys to Trevor Lawrence. Man, what the hell was the point? I <laughs> went way off track with that one. Um, yeah. Anyways, d- stability. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, you know, Gardner Minshew is kind of the example people like to point to because you know, in theory, he was on waivers last year when that thirty that thirty roster spot trade addicts league. You know, twelve teams. 30 roster spots, plus IR and taxi. You know, you Gardner Minshew was rostered. And he's, he's not the prize that people thought that he was anyways, but, you know, in, in shallower leagues, yeah, he probably came off of waivers. It's very fluky that that happened in the first place, but that's in that's fairly shallow leagues where he was actually available. Beyond that, the only thing that you're going to find on waivers in most leagues is, you know, one or two week replacements. Ryan Finley and David Blau and Duck Hodges. Those are the type of guys who came off of – Brandon Allen. Those are the type of guys who came off of waivers. You really want to try and make your season out of, you know, plugging those guys in? And spending the fab on those guys when you could be picking up running backs who are going to, you know, produce a lot more and produce, you know, possibly a lot longer. You'd really rather spend your fab on David Blau than on Boston Scott, you know, to use the 2019 example. So, you know, you, you, you really have to plan on the fact that when you get out of your Superflex startup, there are not going to be quarterbacks available. That's why we we go quarterback extreme, because that's your last chance to get quarterbacks. Now, we always say quarterbacks are at their cheapest. They're never going to be cheaper than they are in the startup. But it goes beyond that. It's not only that they're the cheapest. That's the last time they're going to be available. You know, you'll have your rookie drafts where we had, you, you get roughly, you know, two, maybe three usable dynasty quarterbacks out of each rookie draft. And we still have to wait on a lot of these guys. We have no idea when Tua is going to take over in Miami. We have no idea when Herbert's going to take over in L.A. So, you know, it's, it's, and and that's like with with you paying the price to move up to get those guys, because those were both top, you know, top four picks in Superflex rookie leagues. And in most cases, they should have been one oh one and one oh two. I mean, it's a whole other episode why I didn't have have those guys ranked there, but you know, the the short answer to that question, why I didn't have Burrow and Tua at one two. Why I had you know Taylor and Dobbins at one two was because I I used the QBX approach. I go quarterback extreme. I take and I had all the quarterbacks that I need. I had that foundation built. Now it was time to build the castle on top of it. And you know having that stability at quarterback. Allowed me to let Burrow and let Tua go by without feeling like I really missed anything. Get Jonathan Taylor, get J.K. Dobbins, get Clyde Edwards Alaire, get Cam Akers, get DeAndre Swift. You know, and now those teams are ready to roll. Now all of a sudden I've got, you know, I've got those elite running backs who are going to give me, you know, two, three, maybe even four years. And I've got the quarterbacks to support them. So, so, anyways, that's the that's the quarterback extreme uh, approach, the QBX strategy, and that's why we do it. That's why we go quarterback heavy to start to draft. QB early, QB often. That's that's essentially what we're talking about. To truly define it, to me. You know, I think that you want to come out of the first four rounds of your startup with three quarterbacks, minimum. And man, is it uncomfortable at the time. (laughs) I get that. To start off, Pat Mahomes, you know, um, maybe Kyler Murray makes it to you. Russell Wilson, possibly. Carson Wentz is the most likely. Go Mahomes, Wentz. You know, maybe there you take a running back because they're they're pretty good value in the third round. Or maybe you get a young wide receiver like DJ Moore. Again, there's there's still stability with that position. They're just they just don't score as much as the other, you know, quarterback running back. And then in the fourth round, you come back and get your third quarterback right before the big run hits especially now that you've got three quarterbacks through four rounds now there's absolutely going to be a quarterback run right around the fifth, you know the fourth fifth round as people start to panic about <laughs> about the availability you know and then get two more of them and, and the other key to qbx is that you're getting nfl starters you know sometimes people will show me their roster and say yeah I went QB heavy and you know you look through it and it's like you've got you've got one solid starter you've got you know maybe Matthew Stafford you got him kind of later you have maybe you ended up with Drew Locke who I think is going to break out but I mean it's not a slam dunk I think odds are better than not that he will but it's certainly not a slam dunk So, you you know, you start off with those guys, you've got Jameis Winston and you've got, you know, Jordan Love and you've got Andy Dalton, you know, Joe Flacco got a bunch of backups. And it's like, I mean, they're technically, yeah, they're quarterbacks, you know, in terms of semantics, those are quarterbacks in terms of super flex. Are they useful quarterbacks? Hell no. Hell no. I don't want those guys. They're just taking up roster space. I want the guys who are actually on the field producing, who have actual value right now so that I can, you know, so that I can either trade them and improve my roster or I can take advantage of their production. And, yes, I I will gladly take, you know, I'll I'll deal with the points on my bench. Definitely. That's one of the first criticisms I always hear. When you take five quarterbacks, which, by the way, is is the minimum for the QBX strategy, is to end up with five starting NFL quarterbacks. Solid NFL start, starting quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor doesn't even count, by the way. There's a good chance that he starts the entire 2020 season, but at some point he's given up that job to Justin Herbert, and then Tyrod Taylor becomes worthless. So he's he's half of a quarterback. We're talking about, we want five of them. Tyrod Taylor's half of one. <laughs> if you get Tyrod, you also have to get Justin Herbert. That's the only way you get credit for one full quarterback. You got to have both of those guys. Same with Foles and Trubisky. But anyways, I, I I'm, you know, the criticism is always... You know, you get, you've got five quarterbacks. That means three of them are on your bench. You can only start two. Three of them are on your bench. Those points are wasted on your bench. That's what they say. You can only start two. What are you doing? They're just wasted points on your bench. <laughs> First of all, I'd rather have the points on my bench than in your lineup. That's number one. Number two... Now I get to play matchups. If my second quarterback runs into a a a tough matchup, you know, if I've got Carson Wentz and he goes, he you know he goes up against San Francisco, I'd love the opportunity to bench him and put in one of those other guys. So yeah, those points are not wasted on my bench because they're going to make it into my lineup. You know, and and you know beyond that, I still uh, there's there's the trade value, there's the scarcity. I know that people are going to want to trade for my quarterbacks. The only way I feel comfortable doing that is if I have enough of them that I can afford to trade one away without getting one in return, because the other guy, or 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 girl. <laughs> the other lady or gentleman <laughs> who's uh, who's attempting to trade with me uh that fine person who only has two quarterbacks they're not in a position to trade one away that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to get depth because they need somebody to cover their bye week at least one bye week or you know maybe they have a quarterback that got injured and now they don't they can't even put one at super flex they can't find anything on waivers and now they're looking at you know during their QB1's bye week they can't they can't submit a valid lineup <laughs> so they want to trade with me they want to get one of my quarterbacks but they're not in a position to send one back you know and and that's the entire league they've got two or three quarterbacks they can't afford to trade one away I can do it with my five. I can actually afford to make that trade. And in the meantime, I've got my bye weeks covered. Even if one of my quarterbacks gets injured, even if two of my quarterbacks get injured, I still have bye weeks covered, and I've got a quarterback at Superflex at all times. I'm getting 40 points between those two positions, quarterback and Superflex, every single week. Even during buys, even through injuries. So no, those points are not wasted on my bench. Those points are being used in a lot of different ways. So, anyways, it, that's 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 why quarterback extreme. And I could keep going on about it, honestly. I could keep talking QBX all day. I could talk about, you know, the the trade value that they have you know the leverage the position that that puts you in when you know they have two quarterbacks and they desperately need one and you have five quarterbacks and nobody else is in a position to trade one away i don't think i even need to tell you <laughs> that anybody who understands the term leverage knows what that what that means so anyways you know, back to the very beginning of this, I, I, I wanted to talk about quarterback extreme a little bit for a number of reasons. But a big one is, you know, I, I like I said at the top, I just think it's important to be realistic about what your team is. You know, what your team is capable of. I think it's it's important to... You know, to not hide the flaws, to acknowledge them, be very realistic about it, and obsess over fixing those flaws. And for a lot of people in Superflex Dynasty, the biggest flaw is a lack of stability. And like I said, you're not going to stabilize your Superflex Dynasty roster without quarterbacks. You can't do it. They're the most stable position. They're the most productive and the most valuable position, and they're incredibly scarce. They're just not available to you beyond the startup. So yeah, anyways that that's that's really kind of the 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 big thing that I wanted to get to in this episode. Um, I did put it out there. Uh, that I was going to do this solo episode, um, that I had some stuff to talk about. But, you know, if anybody had questions, um, you know, I'd love to hear them and I'd love to address them here on the show. It was very short notice, so I only got, you know, two or three questions. Uh, One that I certainly want to get to, though, um, from at J32SUL, um, my guy Justin and he asks, have you put any analysis into the upcoming changes in the NFL schedule, in particular when the league goes to two bye weeks per team, and how that may change Superflex strategy? So essentially, for those who don't know, the, the new collective bargaining agreement uh, between the NFL and the NFLPA calls for a, uh, a shift from uh, four preseason and 16 regular season games to three preseason and 17 regular season games. Um, and this is this could start in twenty twenty one. Covid's probably gonna push it back to twenty twenty two, I would guess. Uh right now they kinda have bigger fish to fry <laughs> uh, with uh with coronavirus and, and with trying to pull off a twenty twenty NFL season. But uh, you know, this this change is it's it is coming. Again, it could happen in twenty twenty one. Most likely scenario is it happens in twenty twenty two. So you've got a little bit of time to prepare. But you know when it hits, yeah. And there's still some unknown. There's still some missing context from this, and we still we know that this is going to change things for Superflex strategy. You know the as it stands right now. There is n- there are no requirements as far as, uh, you know, player eligibility. At one point, there was talk about possibly, you know, every player gets, you know, the the team gets the normal bye week, and then every player has to take a second bye week. You know, just to keep the season at, at least somewhat condensed. You know, so. Basically, what it would be is, you know, for let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs as, as the example. You know, so they have their normal week 10 bye week or whatever it is. And then at some point, they have to sit Pat Mahomes for a week. And, you know, the strategy becomes, when do you do it? Do you wait until week 17? You know, and hope that you've clinched that playoff berth. Maybe you get it out of the way right away. Maybe you have him sit week one um, so that, you know, you've got him for the rest of the season. Especially if that, you know, week one isn't a, is a non-division, maybe even non-conference game. But, you know, so, so that, that was the talk originally of, of possibly doing that. I It sounds like the fix ended up being you know removing that third preseason or that fourth preseason game when nobody played anyways <laughs> starters didn't play so what really sucks about it is you know it's going to be really hard for us to find those you know those those late round darling players you know chris carson um kind of came along from uh you know from from his performance in the preseason philip lindsay is a great one. I don't know that he would have ended up in the position that he's in with the role that he has. You know whatever that's going to be now with Melvin Gordon there, but I mean he he's been the the starter, he's been the workhorse for the last 2 years for the Denver Broncos and I don't know that he gets there without all four preseason games. So, you know, we we might miss out on some some of those guys, some of those deep, deep sleepers who kind of come along and give you immense value. We might lose out on that a little bit, you know. Um, But I think, you know, in terms of, you know, just the established guys and the season, you know, the, the, the schedule as we know that it's going to be constructed with, you know, the... With with two bye weeks, we'll just assume that each team is going to get, you know, ju- two full bye weeks, regularly scheduled bye weeks. And it, you know, it it sounds like that's kind of where this is headed at this point. But yeah, I mean, I think it it does change your strategy pretty significantly in superflex. I think it I I think it makes a quarterback extreme strategy that much more important. You know, we kind of talked about if you've got two quarterbacks, you've even three quarterbacks, you've got three quarterbacks, you drafted them, and maybe you actually paid attention to bye weeks and made sure that in 2020 you're, you know, you have at least two quarterbacks active every single week. None of your three quarterbacks has the same bye week as one of the others. You know, and, and, You know, to me, three quarterbacks is kind of minimalist. Some people still only go with two or one because they say, "Yeah, I can start another position at superflex." Well, (laughs) yeah, you can, but it's not going to be a very good player. You're not going to get very many points from them, and you know you're 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 going to have a hard time competing with somebody who's got a quarterback at superflex if you don't. Anyways people take that approach Sometimes they pay attention To bye weeks enough To end up with You know two or three quarterbacks Who all have different buys. You know in 2020 But what happens in 2021 There's a good chance That in 2021 Maybe even 2022 At some point two of those guys Maybe even all three They're going to have the same bye week That's going to get you at some point. And now we've got yet another landmine for them to step on. We've got another opportunity for them to have the same bye week. Like in the same season, now you have to pay attention to, you know, I've got to get a third quarterback, you know, so I take my first quarterback, whoever it is, you know, probably waiting until the fifth round and getting Kirk Cousins and then and now, you know, I've got to go quarterback again right away. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of them left. But uh, you know, there's Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, but he has the same second bye week. He he has a different first bye week from from Kirk Cousins, but now he has the same second bye week as Kirk Cousins. So I can't take him. Or I do take him. And now I've got to find another guy who, uh, who has a different second bye week than that man. Like that just kind of loosens my bowels just thinking about that. <laughs> Having to worry about that it sounds absolutely terrible. To have to to have to sort through, you know two different bye weeks for three different teams just to figure out your third quarterback. Just get the quarterbacks that you need. (laughs) Just make sure, just get the quarterbacks that you want, but get enough of them that you've got what you need. You've got those bye weeks covered. I think that's what we're going to have to do. I think that's how we're going to have to attack this is, you know, I think that, that quarterback extreme, you know, Going robust quarterback, I think, becomes that much more important. And, and that's why I think that you just go quarterback extreme so that you're taking them early too. You're not just taking them often to make sure that you've got enough of them to cover those buys, but you take them early too because if you're going to take that many quarterbacks, why not get the guys you want? Why not get the guys that you trust? Get the guys who are going to keep their jobs long term so you don't have to do this dance ever again. <laughs> Get Pat Mahomes so that you don't have to you know, you don't have to worry about who's going to to cover two freaking bye weeks every single year once Pat Mahomes gets benched. Because he's not going to. He's he owns that job forever. <laughs> like, as long as we're playing this game. Pat Mahomes is going to be the starting quarterback for the Kansas city chiefs. So now you don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to, what happens if he gets benched? Cause he's not going to. And then if you get your second quarterback and it you know, it's a, another younger guy who's going to own the job for a while, you know, especially if you, if you happen to get one of these breakouts, right? Drew Locke. That's why I love Drew Locke because if if this actually happens he's a long-term starter kind of like Pat Mahomes if the breakout happens the way we think that it could he's a long-term starter that's another problem solved you know you're that much closer to having your you know your quarterback one and your super flex positions filled by a quarterback at all times every single week forever. <laughs> and the more you do that, the more of those guys you end up with, you know, the the more stable you're going to be. It's just, it, it's it's that simple. It's, you know, we, I, we call it quarterback extreme, but it's, I mean, it's really about stability. It's not an extreme thing. It's not meant to be. It's actually meant to be very safe. Extreme implies that it's very risky. And it's, it's actually the opposite. It's actually very safe. So I think that's, you know, I, I, I think that as important as that already is, it's only going to become more important uh, once, the, uh, once the NFL changes uh, to that 17-game, regular season game schedule. So I went way long on time. <laughs> I meant to be done, you know, 15 minutes ago. I can just I can talk quarterback extreme for way too long, like that's that's it's my passion at this point. I think it's just so important, and it feels like just such a no brainer, you know. And I see anytime I see somebody using a different startup strategy, going running back heavy, for instance, you know, I just I it, at this point it makes me cringe. I just. I, I I just feel so strongly that, you know, as much as that can help you win in year one, it's also sending you straight into a rebuild in year two and year three. You know, and they're only putting up new barriers with this schedule change. So it's just, it's, it's so important that, you know, I... I I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I ended up talking a lot about it. (laughs) Apologies. Um, that's just, uh, that's what happens when I start talking QBX, but, uh, I am going to wrap it up here for the week. And, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate the time. Um, I've always, always love getting to get on here and, and talk. It's always, it's always great when I can talk with my co-hosts. Um, but every now and then, it's also nice to get on here and and just hog the airwaves. Um, sometimes uh, I'm a little that that's how egotistical I can I can sometimes be about this stuff. So so um, but thank you for indulging. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to uh, to feed my ego. And uh, yeah, let's wrap it up there. Subscribe to the podcast if you would please if you haven't already. Um, you can also find us on the DLF Family A Podcast Mega Feed. Um, subscribe there as well, and uh, you'll never miss an episode. And you'll also catch the great episode, uh, the all the great podcasts from DLF. Um, but once you're subscribed to the Super Show, if you give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that. Um, we uh, we actually have been getting a lot of uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback, and we've been taking some of the the questions and comments from the ratings and reviews and uh, using them as super flex, super show podcast episode topics. So, you know, I always say, and, you know, it it sounds just kind of like I'm going through the motions when I say it helps us to, you know, reach out to more people and hit on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. But that's it's it's actually being put into work put into use. We've had people ask us about, you know, uh, about startup strategies, auction strategies. Um, We're going to get to that at some point. We've got a lot of great questions, a lot of great comments uh, in those, in those reviews. So keep them coming if you would, please. Um, They're, uh, they're very helpful, uh, both for us and for you, our super friends. Um, You can get at us on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow. We're absolutely terrible at checking that thing. Um, So even better is to get at us individually. And as always, I'm at SuperFlexDude. DMs are open, and uh, I retweet freaking everything. (laughs) I don't always respond. Like if it's a trade poll, um, you tag me in a trade poll, I assume that you're just looking for retweets, and I'll happily retweet it. And then... You know assuming that the the results go the way i think they should i'll just back out and let it do its thing when it <laughs> when those polls are way off though when the results are way off um that's when you're probably going to get a comment from me but um you know for the most part i uh i just allow the consensus to do the work but um Feel free to ask questions though. Anytime um, you can at me on Twitter at SuperflexDude. You can DM me if you want to hide it from your league, and I respond to all of it. I'm not always real fast, but uh, uh, sometimes it takes me a little while. But I generally get to everything. So um, and appreciate everybody who uh, who does engage me in conversation. It's always fun. It's always a great time. I've got a, such a great group of of people who uh, who. You know, DM me and, and mention me on Twitter and uh, just just discuss Superflex with me. Um, so shout out to every single one of you guys. I couldn't possibly list all of you guys all at once, but uh, there's a, there's some. Uh, the, it's it's an amazing group, and I really appreciate you all. You guys make this experience for me. So uh, thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music, and of course, thank you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.